Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Documents and Drafts, episode number nine, I think, anyway, um, where we uh, take a look at historical documents that are of particular importance, especially in the United States, and drink some really cool beers along the way. Look at the background of each document and each beer that we try, we'll read the dog and then talk a bit about the beer, and we'll throw in some other things in there as well that I think are pretty cool and interesting and hope you do too. And maybe someday even a guest or two. Plan is to do about one episode a month, unless there's a demand for more frequency, and I hope there is. The music today is um, provided by Soundstripe, and it is Blue to the Bone by Ian Kowalski. And so here's what we're going to do today. We actually have a lot to cover. The uh, We're going to look at three different documents. The claiming of... Um, Louisiana by France, the German Mennonites being against the trafficking of men, and the Plan of Union by William Penn. So none of the documents are very long, um, so we will look at each one of those, and then we're going to drink a beer uh, from Thirsty Dog Brewing out of Akron, Ohio, called Irish Center Red, since March is coming up, and uh, we'll go from there. So the first document um, is um, French claiming Louisiana. The guy that claims its name is Jacques de la Métiere, who was a royal notary at Fort Frontenac in New France, which is now Kingston, Ontario, acting under a royal commission granted in 1678. Uh, Notary Metier was chosen to accompany the famous La Salle expedition down the Colbert, what is now the Mississippi River, to the Gulf of Mexico. Fort Frontenac was built by La Salle in 1673 and named after the government. So here's the document, and I guarantee you, even though I took four years of French in high school, I am going to blow these pronunciations. Uh, the document comes from a book called Our Nation's Archives, the History of the United States and Documents, Edited by Eric Brune and Jay Crosby. All right, here's France claiming Louisiana, Jacques de la Metier. In 1682, more than 140 years after the Spanish explorer, Hernando de Soto claimed the Mississippi River on behalf of Spain. The French explorer Robert Cavalier, swear de la Salle, sailed down the Mississippi and proclaimed it as belonging to France. He named the great waterway the River Colbert, in honor of the French minister, 
of France. The French claims stuck. French outposts were erected and settlers arrived. French claims in America also included the areas north of New England, the Great Lakes region, and much of the Mississippi Basin, which became known as Louisiana Territory. After the French and Indian War in 1763, the British took the Great Lakes region. Napoleon sold Louisiana to the United States at the outset of the 19th century. So here's, here's the actual document. We continued our voyage till the 6th when we discovered three channels by which the river Colbert discharged itself into the sea. On the 8th, we rescinded the, the river, we reascended the river, a little above its confluence with the sea to find a dry place beyond the reach of inundations. Here we prepared a column and a cross <clears throat> and to the said column were affixed arms of France with the inscription, Louis de Grand, Roy de France, Ed de Navarre, Regnier de Nouvem, April 1682. The whole party under arms chanted the de Tuem, the exudiat, the domaine de Saint-Lefranc regime, and then, after a salute of firearms and cries of Vive le Roi, which along with the king, the column was erected by M. de La Salle, who, standing near it, said with a loud voice in French, in the name of the most high, mighty, invincible, and victorious prince, Louis the Great, by the grace of God, King of France, and of Navarre, 14th of that name, on this ninth day of April, 1682, I do now take, in the name of his majesty, possession of this country of Louisiana, the seas, harbors, ports, bays, adjacent straits, and all nations, people, provinces, cities, towns, villages, mines, minerals, fisheries, streams, and rivers, comprised in the extent of said Louisiana, from the mouth of the Great River, uh, Great River St. Louis on the eastern side, otherwise called Ohio, Allegheny, Chickasaws, and with the consent of the Shawnee and other people dwelling therein, with whom we have made alliance, also, and also along the River Colbert, or Mississippi, from its source, as far as its mouth at the sea, or the Gulf of Mexico, upon the insurance of which we have received from all of these nations." that we are the first Europeans who have descended or ascended thus the said river Colbert, to which the whole assembly responded with the shouts of Yves Leroy and with the salutes of firearm. Moreover, the Sur de la Salle caused to be buried at the foot of the tree, to which the cross was attached, a leaden plate on one side, which were engraved the arms of France. So there is La Metiere, um, claiming the Mississippi River and then later what becomes the Louisiana Territory for France. Now, you know, about 100 years later, 120 years later, we buy it from Napoleon for what's the equivalent of two cents an acre, one of the greatest land deals of all time. Um, so I wanted to pass that along. By the way, the beer is um, what we're drinking is an Irish Setter Red from Thirsty Dog Brewing. Here's the, here's the uh, take on it. A medium white body with freshly ground caramel malt flavor and litter to, litter, little to no bitterness. A combination of American caramel malt and the finest Kent Golding's hops from England add an invitingly noble, nutty, toasted malt aroma. It's very smooth, and if you like reds, 
it's very good. It's um, it's better than Killian's, and in in regards to mass-produced reds. Okay. All right. So the next document we're going to look at is actually an extremely early um, anti-slavery document that we're going to look at, produced by the German Mennonites in no, they don't give you a particular date, but here's a little bit about the Mennonites uh, before we get into the document. Encouraged by William's Penn offer of 5,000 acres of land in the colony of Pennsylvania and the freedom to practice their religion the way they want, the first Mennonites arrived aboard the Concord. They were among the first Germans to settle in the American colonies. This comes from History Channel's This Day in History. This is 1683. The Mennonite members of a Christian sect founded by Menno Simons in the 16th century were widely persecuted in Europe. Seeking religious freedom, Mennonites... Francis Daniel Pastorius led a group from Krefeld, Germany to Pennsylvania in 1683 and founded Germantown, the pioneer German settlement in America and now part of the city of Philadelphia. Numerous other German groups followed, and by the American Revolution, there were at least 100,000 Germans in William Penn's former colony, more than a third of Pennsylvania's total population at the time. So that's a little background of the Mennonites. And um, here's the document. So this, again, is out of the book, Our Nation's Archives, History of the United States and Documents. This is, we are against the traffic of men. By the end of the 17th century, black slavery was rising rapidly in America as American colony as a source of labor. Few protested. Quakers and Mennonites, however, who were largely outcasts from more mainstream colonists, objected. On February 18, 1688, Mennonites in Germantown, Pennsylvania, issued the first protest against slavery. Right, 1688. This is a monthly meeting held at Richard Worrell's house. These are the reasons why we are against the traffic of men body as followeth. Is there any that would be done or handled at this ma manner? to be sold or made a slave for all time of his life. How fearful and faint-hearted are many at sea when they see a strange vessel, being afraid it should be a Turk, and it should be taken and sold for slaves into Turkey. Now, what is this better done than Turks do? Yea, rather, it is worse for them, which say they are Christians, for we hear that they are most part of such Negroes, are bought hither against their wills and consent, and that many of them are stolen. Now, though they are black, we cannot conceive there is more liberty to have them slaves than it is to have white ones. There is a saying that we should do to all men like we would be done to ourselves, making no difference of what generation, descent, or color they are. And those who steal or rob men and those who buy or purchase them, are they not alike? Here is liberty of conscience, which is right and reasonable. Here ought to be likewise liberty of the body, except of evildoers, which is another case. 
But to bring men hither, or to roll and sell them against their will, we will stand against. In Europe there are many oppressed for conscience' sake, and here there are those oppressed which are of black color. And we who know that men must not commit adultery, some do commit adultery and others, separating wives from their husbands and giving them to others, and some sell the children of these poor creatures to other men. Do consider well this thing, you who do it, if you would be done at this manner. And if it is done according to Christianity, you surpass Holland and Germany in this thing. This makes an ill report in all those countries of Europe when they hear of it, that the Quakers do here handle men as they handle their cattle. And for that reason, some have no mind or inclination to come hither. And to who shall maintain this you cause to plead for it? Truly, we cannot do so, except you shall inform us better hereof, that Christians have liberty to practice these things. Pray, what thing in the world can be done worse towards us than if men should rob or steal us away and sell us for slaves to strange countries, separating husbands from their wives and children? Being now that this is not done in the manner we would be done at, Therefore, we contradict and are against this traffic of men, and we who profess that it is not lawful to steal must likewise avoid to purchase such things as are stolen, but rather help to stop this robbing and stealing if possible. And such men ought to be delivered out of the hands of robbers and set free as in Europe. Then in Pennsylvania, to have a good report instead is hath now a bad one for this sake in other countries, especially whereas the Europeans are desirous to know in what manner the Quakers do rule in their province, and most of them do look upon us with an envious eye. But if this is done well, what shall we say is done evil? If once these slaves, which they say are wicked and stubborn men, should join themselves, fight for their freedom, and handle their masters and mistresses as they did handle them before, will these masters and mistresses take the sword at hand and war against these poor slaves, like, as we are able to believe, some will not refuse to do? Or have these poor Negroes not as much right to fight for their freedom as you have kept them slaves? Now consider well this thing, if it is good or bad, in the case you find it to be good to handle these blacks in that manner, we desire and require you hereby lovingly that you may for inform us herein, which at this time never was done, that Christians have such liberty to do so. To the end, we shall be satisfied on this point and satisfied likely our good friends and acquaintances in our native country, to whom it is a terror or fearful thing that men should be handled so in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is from our uh, meeting at Germantown held the 18th of the second month, 1688, delivered to the monthly meeting at Richard Worrell's. So the Mennonites in Germantown, which is the suburb of Pennsylvania, thought slavery was bad. They didn't want to be slaves, so why should anybody else be slaves? Pretty good. And that was 1688. I mean, that was pretty good. Uh, it didn't make any difference, unfortunately, except in some of the northern states, but... Um, at least there were people thinking about that the place should be anti-slavery. Well, that was kind of a heavy document. So what we'll do is we'll have a drink of this Irish red, Irish setter red from Thirsty Dog. 
We'll play a little bit of Blue to the Bone from Ian Kowalski, provided by Soundstripe. And we'll take a look at the beer before you read William Penn. So here's a little bit about Thirsty Dog Brewing from Akron, Ohio. This is here at Thirsty Dog. Full flavor, delicate balance, texture and aroma combined to make beer an infinitely complex and thoroughly enjoyable experience. Each of our beers is meticulously handcrafted in small batches using the finest ingredients. High quality Marlboro Barley is a source of the beer's sweetness and body. And it is pretty good. Select American and European hops are used to balance the malt sweetness and at times add special flavors and aromas to the beer. Our carefully selected ingredients along with our specially designed recipes and brewing processes give Thirsty Dog beers unique flavor profiles that are hard to find in today's mass market, one-size-fits-all society. Our craft brew beers are far more diverse in range and character than the small spectrum of mass market beers offered to the American public by large national breweries. Here are their year-round beers, and I'll tell you the ones that I've had, if I can read them. I've had the Heaven Hellas, it's very good. I've had the Labrador Lager, it's very good. I've had the Porter, which is Old Leg Humper, it's very good. Uh, I've, I'm drinking the Irish Setter Red. And I have not had the rest of them, so I'm not going to bring them up. And then they also do seasonal bills. This is 12, 12 Dogs of Christmas Ale is pretty good. Irish Setter Red, which I'm drinking right now, is really good. Um, Barktoberfest I have had. That's pretty good. And Rail Dog. I've had that. That's, that's a dark. And that's pretty good, too. So I wanted to bring that up. That's the Thirsty Dog. And we'll keep drinking that as we talk about our... Um, Things and again, that's um, Soundstripe. Soundstripe uh, and the song is Boot of the Bone by Ian Kowalski. And we'll get back to that in a minute. The next um, thing we're going to do is from William Penn, and it is uh, the document is a plan for union. Just a refresher because we've done some William Penn before. William Penn was. Uh, an English writer, religious thinker, belonging to the Religious Society of Friends. He was a Quaker and founder of the province of Pennsylvania, North American colony of England. He was an early advocate of democracy and religious freedom and notable for his good relations and successful treaties with the Lenape Native Americans. So now we're going to read his plan of union. And then we'll do some fun things. Or some more fun things, I guess. So throughout the 17th century, the colonies in British America were scattered and diverse. This is just kind of a heading. This is, again, from the book, Our Nation's Archives. The colonies in British America were scattered and diverse, and although they shared a language, their mother country and, um, confronted, and confronted many of the same obstacles, they also embraced different religious ethos and means of commerce. People rarely thought beyond the interests of their own settlements, much less their colonies. Communication did not travel faster than a ship. But as a new century approached, 
William Penn made the first proposal for a union among British colonies to consider an act on matters of common interest. The plan did not become a reality, but reflected a burgeoning sense of unity among the colonies. So here, here it is, Plan of Union by William Penn. A brief and plain scheme of how the English colonies in the northern parts of America, Boston, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Virginia, and Carolina, may be made more useful to the crown and one another's peace and safety within a universal concurrence. That the several colonies before mentioned do meet once a year and oftener, if need be, during the war and at least once in two years in times of peace by their stated and appointed deputies to debate and resolve of such measures as are most advisable for their better understanding and the public tranquility and safety. That in order to it, two persons well qualified for sense, sobriety, and substance be appointed by each province as their representatives of deputies. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Which in the whole make the Congress to consist of 20 persons. That the King's Commissioner, for that purpose specially appointed, shall have the chair and preside in the said Congress. That they shall meet as near as conveniently, may be the most central colony for the race of deputies. Since this may in all probability be New York, both because of its near the center of the colonies, uh, for that it is a frontier in the, king's no in the king's nomination, the governor of that colony may therefore be also the king's high commissioner during the session after the manner of Scotland. That their business shall be to hear and adjust all matters of complaint or difference between province and province, as first where persons quit their own province and go to another, that they may avoid their just debts, though they may be able to pay them. Second, where offenders fly justice, where justice cannot be well to help well be had upon such offenders in the province that entertain them. Third, to prevent or cure injuries in the point of commerce. Fourth, to consider the way and means to support the union and safety of these provinces against public enemies, in which Congress and the quotas of men and charges will be much easier and more equally set than it is possible for any establishment made here to do. For the provinces, knowing their own condition and one another's, can debate that matter with more freedom and satisfaction, <clears throat> and better adjust and balance their affairs in all respects for their common safety. That in times of war, the king's high commissioner shall be general or chief commander of the several quotas upon service against the common enemy shall be advised for the good and benefit of the whole. So there is the first time it didn't come to anything, but that was written, what did they say that was written in 16, in the 1680s, I think. To try to get the colonies to work together.
So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> so that's the last document for today. So, you know, we looked at France claiming Louisiana Territory and the Mississippi River, the Mennonites uh, being anti-slavery, and William Penn trying to unite the British colonies. That's all pretty cool, if you ask me. And um, now, without further ado, we'll listen to some more blues. Maybe. There we go. Um, it's the same song, but it's really good, so we'll just keep playing it. And then we're going to look at things that we normally do, which is today's events, some crazy conspiracy theories, and then since it's the end of February, uh, we'll look at some black uh, inventors, which I found kind of cool. So, uh, here we go. On this day, we're going to go backwards. Uh, 837 was the 15th recorded passage of Halley's Comet. Um, Jewish people were expelled from Austria by order of Leopold I in 1670. In 1693, I thought this was interesting, the first woman's magazine, Ladies Mercury, was published in London, England. Uh, 1801, Washington, D.C. paced under congressional jurisdiction. 1813, first federal vaccination legislation enacted. That would, um, my guess would be for smallpox. 1813, the U.S. Congress authorizes use of steamboats to transport mail. 1827, first Mardi Gras in New Orleans. 1844, Dominican Republic gets, gains independence from Haiti. There's such a, that's an interesting case study, the difference between the DR and 80 in successive failure. Uh, 1861, U.S. Congress authorizes first stamped newspaper wrappers for mailing. Uh, 1864, Dalton, Georgia, uh, a bunch of Civil War battles between, well, 1864, Dalton, Georgia, 1864, Andersonville, Georgia, 1865, Sturgeon, Missouri. 1869, John Maynard, uh, was the first African American to make a speech in Congress. Uh, 1872, Charlotte Ray, first African American woman in the warrior in the United States, graduates from Howard. 1873, Dutch socialist Samuel Van Wooden demands law against child labor. 1879, Russian chemist. Constantine Falberg discovers saccharin, artificial sweetener. Uh, 1883, Oscar Hammerstein patents the first cigar rolling machine. It's interesting. Uh, da, 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 da. 1901, National League Rules Committee decry that all fouls are to count as strikes except after two. Nineteen oh seven, psychiatrists Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud meet for the first time in Vienna. Interesting. Nineteen twenty one, fascists incite a riot in Florence, Italy. Nineteen twenty two, U.S. Supreme Court unanimously upholds the Nineteenth Amendment to the Constitution. 1924, Belgium's government falls. 
1925, Adolf Hitler resurrects the National Socialist uh, Party in Munich, Germany. Nineteen thirty three, Nazi Germany's Parliament building, the Reichstag is destroyed by fire, possibly set by the communists who blame and execute Dutch communist Marinus van der Loop. Probably mispronounced substance, okay. Nineteen thirty nine, Supreme Court outlawed sit down strikes. Nineteen forty two, France first transport of France French Jews to Nazi Germany. We know where that's going. 1945, Battle of the U.S. 94th Infantry. 1947, French explorer Paul Emile Victor founds French Polar Expedition to oversee French scientific missions. 1949, Kayam Weissman, first Israeli president, who's also a scientist. 1950, General Kain Shag Shek, elected president of Nationalist China. 1964, government of Italy asked for help to keep the Leaning Tower of Pisa from falling over. 1970, New York Times falsely reports U.S. Army has ended domestic surveillance. <laughs> yeah, falsely. They're still doing domestic surveillance. Sorry, I don't usually give you my opinion, but. <clears throat> nuclear test, nuclear test, nuclear test. All right, not a whole lot other than the guilty on five counts of Econ, uh, of the Exxon Valdez oil spill. 1998, FBI arrest 10 wanted suspect serial killer Tony Ray Amati. All right, anything more, more William? More recent? More William. More recent. <laughs> It's just economics. 2013, Benedict XVI uh, resigned his commission. He's the first one in my lifetime to do that as Pope. Just stepped aside. Uh, federal background checks for gun possession passed in 2019. Uh, 2020, uh, COVID-19 hits, February 27th, 2020. The Dow Jones Index suffered its biggest points fall in history, closing down 1,190 points amid concerns about COVID-19. Twenty twenty two country sanctioned Russia for its invasion of Ukraine. All right. So that's where we are with that. 
So that's today's events. February 26th is the day that we're taping this. Um, the other thing that we have done in the past is crazy conspiracy theories. We'll talk about a couple of those. Uh, here's some more music for you. We'll change it a little bit. This is also from Ian Kalowski. This is called Down at the Bottom, also provided by Southstrider. So I've been reading through this. This is from Popular Mechanics. I've been reading through this before. Oh, uh, this day in history was provided by HistoryNet. I forgot to say that. The Titanic didn't actually sink. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it was actually the Olympic that crashed into the iceberg, not the Titanic. But it's still, 1,500 people still died. Uh, Apollo 17 wasn't the last moon mission. After the success of Apollo 17 in 72, America stopped sending astronauts to the moon. NASA claimed that they logged all the research they needed. And government funding was reduced. But a movie about a fictional Apollo 18 came out. And now some believe the mission was real and ended tragically when astronauts had run in with aliens. Zombies can rise from the dead. The belief that zombies can be traced back to ancient Greece when they buried their dead with stones on top of them so they couldn't return from the grave, even today. Some people prepare for the zombie apocalypse just in case. Bill Gates is making fake snow. When, when extreme weather conditions occurring across the United States, TikToker stoked fires on a Bill Gates conspiracy theory that he was creating fake snow that burns instead of melts. He wasn't, obviously. The Betts Mystery Sphere is alien material. The Betts Mystery Sphere has had baffled the public since it was found by a couple in 1974. Conspiracy theories are messed as alien, where others say, such as the military, say it's a man-made object. Amelia Earhart was eaten by crabs. Amelia Earhart has been shrouded in mystery ever since her aircraft disappeared in 1937. While it's widely believed she ran out of fuel and crashed into the ocean, something she landed by mistake on a deserted island was eventually eaten by three foot long coconut crabs that inhabit the shores. Well, I suppose that's possible. She died and she was laying there and they would eat her. The Loch Ness Monster does live in Scotland. The elusive in nature, the Loch Ness Monster reportedly continues to live in Loch Ness Lake and has captivated the public for thousands of years. Now listening to the Night Driver, uh, or Old Soul Instrumental by the Night Driver, also provided by Soundstrike. 5G causes cancer and caused COVID-19. So that's, that's a new one, that's not new. It is interesting, though, that a lot of the, and normally I don't give you my opinion, but a lot of the COVID-19 issues like masks and things are proving to be ineffective. They, they wouldn't have made any difference regardless whether we used them or not. So the solar flare caused the Titanic to sink. I've never read that um, study recently discovered that Northern Hemisphere was experiencing a moderate to severe magnetic storm on the night the ship collided with the iceberg. Similar solar flares have known to cause power outages on Earth and could have affected the ship's radar and radio rescue signals. The Black Knight satellite is an alien spacecraft. 
Many conspiracy theories are wary of space object has become known as the Black Knight Satellite, while experts at NASA insist it's just space junk. Some believe it's an ancient alien spaceship. Alright, that's enough conspiracy theories for now. And since it's the end of February and getting ready to be in March, we'll do... Um, this is from ThoughtCo.com. This is 10 important black inventors in U.S. history. So we'll kind of skim through this. And that'll be our podcast for today. Uh, Madame C.J. Walker. Uh, born Sarah Breedlove, Madame C.J. Walker became the first black woman millionaire by inventing a line of cosmetics and hair product aimed at black consumers in the first decades of the 20th century. Pioneered female sales agents who traveled door-to-door across the U.S. and Caribbean selling her product. George Washington Carver uh, kind of created... Not, created peanut butter, but created a bunch of uses for peanuts, and also founded uh, Alabama's Tuskegee Institute, or not founded, but accepted a job at Alabama's Tuskegee Institute, and that Carver made his great contributions to science, 300 different uses for peanuts, including soap, skin lotion, paint, and all that kind of stuff. Lonnie Johnson... Uh, holds more than 80 patents, but its invention of the super soaker, that's probably his most daring claim to fame. An engineer by training, Johnson had worked in both the stealth bomber project for Air Force and the Galileo space probe for NASA. He also developed a mean of harnessing solar and geothermal energy for power plants. <clears throat> but he invented the super soaker. George Edward Alcorn Jr., Physicists who worked in the aerospace industry helped revolutionize astrophysics and semiconductor manufacturing. He is best known for an X-ray spectrometer used to analyze distant galaxies and other deep space phenomena, which he patented in 1984. He also did plasma etching. Benjamin Banneker lived from 1731 to 1806. Self-educated astronomer, mathematician, and farmer is among a few hundred free black Americans living in Maryland where enslavement was legal at the time. As among his many accomplishments, perhaps best known for a series of almanacs he published between 1792 and 97 contained detailed astronomical calculations. He also had a small role in helping survey Washington, D.C. in 1791. Charles Drew, <clears throat> doctor, medical researcher, pioneer researching into blood, hates helped save thousands of lives during World War II because he figured out how to separate plasma from whole blood. He worked for the Red Cross until they insisted on segregating blood for white and black donors and he quit. He researched, taught, and advocated until he died in a car accident in 1950. Thomas L. Jennings holds the distinction of being the first black American to be granted a patent. Taylor by trade, New York City, Jennings applied for and received a patent in 1821 for a cleaning technique he pioneered called dry scouring, which is now called dry dry cleaning. Uh, Elijah McCoy, Canada parents who had been enslaved in the U.S. family resettled in Michigan a few years after Elijah was born. The boy showed a keen interest in mechanics. After training as an engineer in Scotland, he returned to UNA unable to find a job because of racial discrimination. He found work as a railroad fireman developed a new means of keeping lo- locomotive engines lubricated while running, helping them to operate longer between maintenance. Garrett Morgan from Cleveland, Ohio, 
uh, invention of the 1914 of the safety hood, a precursor to the gas mask. So confident in his invention's potential that he frequently demonstrated it himself in sales pitches to fire departments across the country. In 16, he earned widespread acclaim for donning a safety hood to rescue workers who were trapped in a tunnel beneath Lake Erie near Cleveland. Morgan later would invent one of the first traffic signals and a new clutch for automobile transmissions. He's also active in the early civil rights movement. Last one, James Earl Macchio West. If you ever used a microphone, you have James West to thank, thank for it. West was fascinated by radio and electronics from an early age. He trained as a physicist, went to work at Bell Labs, and researched how humans hear led to his invention of the foil electric, electret microphone in 1960. Such devices were more sensitive, yet they used less power and were smaller than other microphones at the time. They revolutionized the field of acoustics. That's pretty cool. All right, so we are done for today. So again, uh, we listed kind of everything that I have. Um, Down on the Bottom by Ian Kalowski. Old Soul Instrumental by Night Driver. Weight in the Water by Cast Characters. And Boot of the Bone by Ian Kalowski. All provided by Soundstripe. Thanks to Soundstripe for that. <clears throat> we, list, we looked at uh, France claiming um, Louisiana, the Mississippi River. Uh, we looked at the German Mennonites um, coming out against slavery in 1688. And William Penn trying to unite the British colonies at about the same time. So we are running out of time. Well, it's not this long, so I'm glad we got to do all three of those. Uh, check us out on all of um, on speaker.com and all other podcast platforms. You can find us at on Facebook at Documents and Drafts and on Twitter at Docs and Drafts. And we'll talk to you next time where we're going to look at the Salem Witch Trials. Oh, and thanks to Thirsty Dog Brewing for making a really great Irish Center Red. Have a great day, everybody. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.